Hey everyone, you're listening to Tobin Tuesdays brought to you by the Manitoban here on 101.5 UMFM. Today is March 5th, 2019, and I'm your host, Joe Gonzalez. On today's episode, we only have two stories to cover. First, we talk about a rally that was held outside of the Winnipeg Police Headquarters on March 1st. Then, we end the show with short interviews from presidents of the three executive slates that are running in the upcoming UMSU general election. With that being said, let's get to it. What you are hearing right now is a healing song being played on behalf of Indigenous community leaders. Winnipeggers gathered in the cold outside of the Winnipeg Police Headquarters on the morning of March 1st to demand justice after a police shooting left a newcomer to Canada dead. Machuar Marut, 43, was shot and killed in his apartment last Saturday after a confrontation with police. Marut was South Sudanese and community members say he had struggled with mental health issues. Marut had come to Canada from Sudan with his family in 2003. About 100 people were present at the rally, some holding signs and some wearing shirts with Marut's face and name printed. The gathering was hosted by the Council of South Sudanese Communities in Manitoba and Black Space, Winnipeg. First, Women's Health Clinic Executive Director Nadine Sukramani gave a speech at the rally, which you will hear in a moment. After, our news and managing editor, Malak Abbas, spoke with Black Space Winnipeg founder and president, Alexa Potashnik, to talk about the organization of the rally. Mental health and the connection to race 
to poverty, to access. What I understand is Mature had access to the system and the system failed him. Not only the mental health system, but the policing and criminal injustice system. Alexa Fatashnik, founder and president of Black Space Winnipeg. What are Black Spaces, uh, I, I don't want to say demand, mm -hmm. what, is, what is Black Space looking to achieve with this rally? Well, we're in a solidarity and partnership with the Council of South Sudanese Communities in Manitoba, and we're demanding answers and justice. We have no information. The articles that are coming out online are sketchy. We don't know all of the details, and we need answers to know what actually happened so we can get justice for Matroi's life. What do you think, just based on your own personal knowledge, what do you think the police could do differently in situations like these? Um, body cams, de-escalating situations uh, in, with uh, folks who are experiencing mental health illness or, or issues. And this is also, you have to keep in mind the manifestation of anti-blackness. If he, him alone, if they saw him as a threat, why do they see him as a threat? We have to ask these questions. There could have been a million other scenarios they, they could have done, but the, the first thing they did, that they did was use excessive force, and that's why we're here to say that that's not right. So what's next for Black Space Winnipeg? We keep the fight. We keep the momentum. We keep promoting. We keep working with the Council of South Sudanese Communities and hold them accountable and hold the system accountable. Thanks so much for talking. Thank you. Stay warm, okay? This week, on March 6th, 7th, and 8th, University of Manitoba students can vote in the UMSU general election. The Manitoban is providing exclusive coverage through our website, Facebook page, 
and in the upcoming paper. We are about to play short clips from each of the presidential candidates from the respective slates in regards to what their policies are and what they hope to accomplish. Note that due to time constraints, we cannot fit in entirety what they had to say. However, you can find their video interviews along with interviews of those running for VP positions on our Facebook page. The interviews you are about to hear also have the respective articles published online and in the current issue of the Manitoban that is still on stands. First, we have Jacob Sanderson from Your Umsu, who is running for re-election. So I think um, fundamentally, um, our campaign is your voice, your choice, your Umsu. So trying to stick to that idea of your voice, and really it's it's sort of a multi-pronged um, concept. So part of that is the fact that as Umsu, we are your voice. So last year when I ran for Umsu president, um, I always believed that beyond all of the excellent services and events that UMSU has the capability to offer, we are foremost an advocacy organization. And I think that that has not changed um, in my view at all. Um, so in terms of us being your voice, that's something we want to continue to do. And we want to um, continue to work as hard as we can with tangible um, but still bold ideas to make education as affordable and accessible as possible for students. So um, looking at a couple things in that regard, um, open educational resources is something that I've worked on this year. Um, it's worked, something that I've worked on to the extent that we've now got a promise and a policy from the university um, where whenever there's new courses introduced, they have to consider open educational resource before going to a traditional textbook. Um, we want to take this to the next level by working with the administration to set up a working group with admin, faculty, and students um, discussing ways to integrate open educational resources into as many classes as possible as well as lobbying to federal and provincial government to create startup grants for OER content, um, content creators. Um, I also want to build a campaign around open educational resources, specifically having an OER book fair um, in the University Center so that we can really turn, this, um, turn up the heat on this campaign that's already been um, pretty successful um, really to the next level. Another big thing that we've been advocating for this whole year is on sexual violence. Um, this has been really unfortunately quite a major story at the university this year. Um, and so myself and um, especially my Vice President Advocacy candidate, Sarah Bonner-Prue, um, have been working with the University of Manitoba um, to create um, the sufficient resources for students when they're um, facing these types of issues. And specifically, we're demanding that the university create a sexual violence support and education center. Um, this has been something where at the beginning of the year, we are really pushing for this, and throughout the course of the year, it's become far more likely. Um, we've gotten proposals submitted throughout the university, and we are very, very hopeful that if re-elected, um, we'll get the opportunity to see this into a reality um, on our campus. Um, in terms of your choice, which is sort of the second element, is that as much as we want to do so much advocacy for students, to be most effective, we need to do advocacy with students. Um, and so one of the things that I'm most excited about running on this year is a student research jobs program. Um, coming into UMSU, my first term, we had no real research program at UMSU at all. Um, this is something that I corrected within the first couple months in office by hiring a governance research advisor so that UMSU could take more of a leadership role within its external organizations and within its own right for um, government advocacy. Um, but I really want to turn this into a true research department, and I want it to rely on UMSU's best resources, which is students. So with this new research jobs program, um, we're going to allow students to apply uh, to UMSU in a similar fashion that they would apply to, for undergraduate student research award. 
um, and basically they pitch an idea, anything that they want to talk about advocacy related towards UMSU. It could be sexual violence, it could be international health care, it could be about student grants, student loans, it could be about composting, whatever they want to talk about. And um, ultimately we'll, we'll pick a few excellent applicants each year or each semester. Um, and they'll get to work having regular check-ins with our research advisor and working on these major projects of UMSU um, so that we can make sure that students are gaining more opportunities for meaningful employment on campus, can earn a living wage, um, and can also contribute and shape the advocacy priorities of the union. Um, another thing in terms of giving student choice is with the Canadian Federation of Students. This is obviously, I think, going to be a um, major issue that's brought up in this campaign, and I'm really excited to hear what students have to say on both sides of this. Uh, but our feelings is just that since the since AMSU joined the Canadian Federation of Students 12 years ago, we've paid them about $4 million. Um, and we've never had an opportunity at a binding vote on whether or not students want to remain in the Federation. And we think that that should be a priority. So your AMSU um, is committed to collecting necessary signatures to give students the opportunity to vote next year on continued membership in the Canadian Federation of Students. Um, and ultimately, we will take our directive from whatever the students decide, if we're able to have that vote, we would look forward to working with the Canadian Federation of Students if our students wish to remain, and we would look forward to presenting students with alternative advocacy organizations um, to potentially join if our students ultimately vote that they want to leave. Um, we think that it's extremely important that students are represented at all levels of government by UMSU and by the organizations that we want to work with, but we also think it's really important that students have a say in how their money on advocacy is spent. So maybe that's kind of laying out a bit of a picture of, of what we're looking at so far. This is now Annie Beach from Exist. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, so our campaign, which we call Exist, um, and that's standalone, we, we want to do just Exist as opposed to Exist Umsu. Okay. Um, so yeah, so our main, or the meaning behind the, the name is that um, to exist is persevering within domains of academia and government and other socio-political institutions, um, as well as representing diverse voices and experiences of the UVM students. There's 20, over 20,000 students uh, that are part of UMSU. Um, to exist is to support one another of our histories, cultures, traditions, identities, um, and be leaders within our communities uh, for those who are otherwise unrecognized in these spaces. And then, um, so our main policies that we're focusing on is uh, striving towards um, accessible and affordable post-secondary education for local and international students, um, community engagement as to provide a safe space for cultural, social, religious, and awareness student-run groups, uh, transparent and inclusive advocacy and lobbying at uni university, municipal, provincial, and federal levels, and then um, ensuring that uh, international students are represented and that their health care is prioritized, and as well, black, indigenous, people of color representation, inclusivity, and celebration. Um, and then I guess the reason why we're running, because um, there's been issues at this university that we really want to make sure are known and we want to take, uh, take a stance on them. Um, so I guess something that's uh, been something that I've been working on um, and heavily involved with is like indigenous representation in ha here at the university. Um, so the University of Manitoba it acknowledges that we're on Treaty 1 land um, and it prides itself with being the home of the National Truth and Reconciliation Center. Um, as well, their 2015 to 2020 strategic plan includes Indigenous achievement uh, as a key, key priority. Um, however, there's a lack of recognition that the University of Manitoba currently is the home for 2,400 uh, self-declared Indigenous students and that their needs and priorities are not being met. Um, 
So there's a lack of Indigenous representation at faculty and administrative levels, um, as well as lack of support for those who are already hired in these positions. And you think about Lynn LaValle and Barry LaValle, who recently resigned from their positions. Um, when the Indigenous students were trying to uh, plan a meeting with President uh, Barnard and his presidential executive team, um, it took some push from Lynn LaValle to finally get it to happen. But once it did, um, it was the first of uh, its kind that Barnard had with Indigenous students, and it was the first in over five decades uh, for the administration to meet with Indigenous students on a formal basis. And then on top of that, there was the 15-member uh, student, experience, experience, student experience committee um, that was created to work towards including more welcoming spaces for Indigenous students, and not a single Indigenous student was uh, invited to be part of that committee. Um, and then on, as well, there's the Reconciliation Action Campaign, which was started by the Indigenous Students of the Indigenous Student Association. Um, and it's come to a halt um, because uh, the current AMSU executive has failed to recognize that the role they must play in enacting the campaign. Um, they don't have material for it located online on their website. Uh, they publicly stated that they would rather not be involved. And UMISA um, doesn't have a seat on the Board of Governors in the Senate. Um, so if it wasn't for UMSU to relay the message that it's not being passed on. Um, and then, like, I guess, government advocacy and lobbying. Um, there's what's happening with CASA um, and the fact that they only lobby, lobby at a federal level as opposed to provincial, which tuition hikes and international uh, student health care are the most pressing concerns right now, and they're both provincial jurisdictions. There's the Canadian Federation of Students referendum, of course, and we want to make sure that um, students are aware that we do agree that uh, the U of M students deserve to make a democratic and educated decision. So we want to make sure that the only information that's being relayed is not how the money is not being spent well. We want to make sure that students are aware of the campaigns and what they do for them, as well as a whole for the Canadian Federation of Students, the work that they do for students. And then there's regards to U-Crew, and want to make sure that students are aware that a decision was made um, on behalf of the UMSU executive members um, without consultation of students. Um, and then, of course, there's boycott and divest sanction movement, um, where the university is made up of over 22,000 members um, from all walks of life, and these students were not consulted prior to the vote of the directors. Um, the union failed to educate its student body of the movement and failed to encourage productive discussion with relevant stakeholders and also failed to ensure consultation with its members and community groups. Um, so there's something, these are all things that have been happening that have affected all of us kind of personally, I think, here as students. Um, and we want to make sure that we're holding uh, the university to account and making sure that students are aware of these things. Um, so for regarding our own policies, um, for government advocacy, we're advocating and lobbying to the return of the post-secondary tuition tax rebate, uh, reversing the efforts of Bill 31 of the Advanced Education Administration Act, um, and hoping to to reverse that situation increases of 6.6% doesn't continue. Uh, the return of the universal health care coverage for international students is a big one as well because we want to make sure that we prioritize health care um, but also make sure that international students continue to want to come to the University of Manitoba and if they don't then that might affect um, uh, domestic students as well with the university administration having to balance its budget elsewhere. Um, so, and then regards to university advocacy, um, advocating against tuition hikes to administration, um, campaigning in this information of tuition hikes to students, uh, possibly having a tuition freeze now campaign, getting students to share personal stories of how it affects or how tuition hikes affect them, uh, petitions also using the Canadian Federation of Students uh, campaign education for all. Um, to make sure this information is being relayed. And then, yeah, um, we want to also create a campus-wide safer space policy, 
um, so that students from classroom to UMSU businesses uh, feel safe in these spaces. And then uh, advocating for increasing the number of hours that international students can work in the province um, a week, because I think it's only about a 20, 20 hour max that they can work. So um, getting rid of that, um, that limit can help them afford tuition, healthcare, and other basic needs. Um, mental health is a big one. Um, we want to have uh, awareness campaigns on the effects of tuition hikes and the cost of student debt um, to help with advocacy against student uh, or tuition hikes. Um, we also want to have fo focus on the needs of international student mental health as increased work time hours uh, could help alleviate stress in affording student health care and basic necessities, but also continue advocacy uh, and work towards a multi-faith intercultural common purpose room so that students have a space that they can decompress, they can Skype and reach out to their families back home. Um, and then also the specific needs of Indigenous student mental health. Um, we want to advocate that each building on faculty and campus have at least one room or space where Indigenous students can smudge freely. Um, and also advocating for student peer and elder support sharing circles that take place so that um, uh, Indigenous student mental and cultural wellness is improved. Um, and then yeah, University Indigenous representation. Uh, advocating that the university go beyond a student level indigenous achievement, prioritize mandatory indigenous course content, and prioritize hiring of indigenous faculty and administrative staff. Um, we want to meet the short-term goals of the Reconciliation Campaign, which is to develop a working group at the University of Manitoba campus, um, as well as assisting in creating a toolkit that can be used to advocate for language programs at, and degrees at the University of Manitoba, as well as other post-secondary institutions. Um, and we also want to advocate for hiring university, or hiring First Nations, Métis, Inuit language teachers um, to teach in these positions, and then uh, continue to hold the president and the presidential executive team and administration to account um, to work towards meeting the demands that the Indigenous students made at those meetings, uh, advocating for Indigenous representation, Indigenous requirement courses, language degree programs, as well as ensuring that the work will continue with the incoming president. Finally, we have Jake Letwin from New Umsu. Um, well... You know, my team's new UMSU. Um, I think one thing we saw going into this was um, the elections in the past, everyone's, first of all, very political, which we didn't like. We didn't think, like, it's a student union. It's about, like, us, the students. It's not, it shouldn't be taken, like, or done that way. So we wanted to kind of take a more, I don't know, friendly approach to this. Um, I know it gets the elections get pretty aggressive, uh, which we haven't been interested in, like, taking part in. There's a couple key issues that we want to look at. Um, obviously, the CFS has been a huge sensitive topic in the past. We want to like evaluate that thoroughly before making any decision either way because we know there's people on both sides of the fence. So you currently don't have a position on... What we want to do is we think it's important to thoroughly evaluate it before making a decision either way because there's a lot of people um, who feel very strongly on both sides. We don't want to just come in and make a rash decision either way. How do you um, plan to thoroughly evaluate it? UMSU has an extreme, like, UMSU has plenty of employees that are very experienced. Um, us, like the elected members, aren't the only ones involved. There's a lot of uh, salaried employees at UMSU that are very knowledgeable. We want to work with them and what they know to, um, you know, come to those decisions and, and do that. Um, I think people kind of forget that UMSU has plenty of very knowledgeable individuals already working for them. Um, and it's important to work with them as opposed to come in and, you know, just do it on your own. Um, for anyone who's interested, um, 
maybe just a little bit about yourself, like what you do outside of, you know, going to school, like... Um, outside of school, the only thing I really do is work. Um, you know, it, it's pretty busy mm -hmm. um, between school and work. That's about all I do nowadays, and now this. Mm -hmm. um, I'm an event producer. Honestly, life's pretty unexciting now with school. It's school and work, so... Um, but, so, super busy. Yeah. Why do this? Why run for MSU? Um, like I mentioned, like, the team and I, we just, we, like, I watched from the sidelines last year, and I just noticed the way it was going was kind of, um, I just felt like we could add something and bring something to the school. Um, a different perspective, more than anything. Um, it seems to be the same, like, close-knit group of people who are involved every year, and then if it's, it's the same, for the most part, it's the same people year after year, so there's not a lot of uh, um, new faces or new new thought processes going on, so we wanted to add, you know, a whole, a whole like, new outlook to how, like, the student union should be run and, you know, care for the students. Okay. Um, let's say people last year voted for Jacob Slate. Yeah. Why should they vote differently this time around? What do you bring differently? or bring to the table that's different? Um, as I mentioned, I think we bring a whole new perspective to the whole student union, student election um, system. Also, we want to make, I, I've noticed, there's every, every, every president and their slate, you know, they do very good every year. They, they do make changes, but I noticed a lot of them are quite incremental. Uh, we want to make more um, substantial changes in our time. We're not interested in rerunning next year. So we don't want to spend half of our time in office um, working on our next election. We want to get in, get things done, accomplish things for the students, and really make substantial changes while we're there as opposed to being concerned about the next one halfway through our term. As we know, your term's not very long. Um, there's only so much you can do. We'd like to spend that time doing things for the students. Give me an example of one of those substantial changes. Um, we want to look at Frosh. As, as you might know, you know, Frosh has been a very sensitive topic. Some people think it's a huge waste of money, other people really enjoy it. Um, we want to look at Frosh and decide whether or not we want to do it super big, you know, bring it back to what it used to be and have it as a huge um, get-together for students, you know, a, um, really improves like one of those things to build school spirit or if we cut it entirely and, you know, save that student money. but. Recently, it's been kind of in the middle of those two. We want to decide whether or not to go big or go home. None of this, like, halfway. And that should do it for today's episode of Tobin Tuesdays, brought to you by the Manitoban here on 101.5 UMFM. Uh, once again, the interviews you heard today were all provided by Malak Abbas. The intro and transition music was produced by Kenny Ingram. And the entire episode was produced and hosted by me, Joe Gonzalez. Tobin Tuesdays is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so be sure to check us out to find our old episodes as well as subscribe so you don't miss a future one. But as always, we also have our own show page on the UMFM website.
And just before we close the show, I want to give a quick shout out to Tyler. Uh, he approached me in the hallway today, uh, March 4th, actually. I pre-record these things. Uh, he approached me in the hallway today uh, to show love and said he was a fan of the, of the paper, uh, the stories that we produce. So um, thanks, man. Really appreciate that. Thanks for your support. And uh, I hope that you listen to the podcast. I forget if you told me that or not. But if you're listening, uh, sorry, I forgot that part about you. <laughs> um, but uh, on behalf of the Manitoban, we thank you for listening. And we'll hope you tune in next week. Peace.